Okay, we're recording, right? Okay. Hello, Isolani D'Angelo. Uh, right. Today, talking, thinking through. I was thinking today about perspective. I have caused lately. I don't know why I go to preface these things. I've caused lately to think about about uh, my art education. Uh, taking stock of my art education and where it was lacking. Or what lessons I only barely learned and then and then internalized later. That's important. It's important to think about that. And I have reason to do that at the moment. Not important why. Just important that. So here I am taking stock. I want to talk about perspective drawing and perspective in art. And I will admit very openly that this is a half-baked sort of uh, thought process, but uh, that has never stopped me before, and it will not stop me now. Half-baked is how I live my life. I'm a mushy cake, everybody. I'm a, I'm a casserole where the vegetables are still crisp. And let me just tell you, if you're going to make a casserole... It's better that the vegetables are crisp because a casserole sucks. That's right. I'm going on record. A casserole is the worst thing in the world. Do not make casseroles, everybody. A casserole, you should do what the uh, what the contemporary chefs do and make a deconstructed casserole. I like the words deconstructed because it means we're going to make the traditional dish, but we're going to do it lazy. And you're going to have to imagine what it would be like. So, for example, the deconstructed uh, Thanksgiving casserole du jour. Everybody loves this one, right? Everybody's personal favorite is that green bean garbage. Green bean casserole is one of the worst things I've ever had. I hate it so much. It's just green beans with a bunch of garbage. And I'm like, I love green beans. I don't love them cooked within an inch of their life until they become a, 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 a mashed potato, a green mashed potato. I don't care for that. I like it to have a little, uh, a, it to be substantive, have a little uh, 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 form, you know. I don't like my uh, green bean deconstructed. Uh, but... I do like green beans, so if you give me a deconstructed casserole, at least I could uh, pick out the stuff I like. Was that my point? <coughs> I forget my point. I went so far around the block that I forgot where I live. Okay, perspective. Perspective in drawing and perspective in painting are the same and different. There might be, if you're painting a city or uh, man-made structures, or even, you know, mountain range or whatever, where, where things uh, go from uh, large to small, front to back, uh, close to far. There are rules of linear perspective that apply, and there are rules of something called atmospheric perspective that apply. And that's for painting specifically. Now, you can achieve atmospheric perspective with drawing, but that's uh, next level uh, Atmospheric perspective is basically, if you want to be scientific, and you know I don't, but I will, when, it, when the time is right, 
I often find myself waxing scientific. If you want to be scientific about it, I have heard that there is a lot of water in the air, right? Particles and particulate matter, especially out here in the in urban Los Angeles is nothing but particulate matter. I will tell you that. Particulate matter. The closer you are to the particulate matter, the less of it you see. It's not visible necessarily. You're in it. And so you can't see it. Similar to being in the fog or the smog or the smoke from a campfire. Close up, you may not, you could still see a bit. But the farther away you get, the more that the, the particulates disrupt your view. Okay. And as the light plays on that particulate matter, you will notice things getting hazy off in a distance. And the further away things are, the hazier they are. That's why they say on a clear day you can see forever. And on a, a cloudy day, I suppose you can see uh, you can't see the nose in front of your face is something people will always say. I can't see my nose. Do people say that or did I just make that up? I think I made that up. That's not something people say. You can't see your hand in front of your face. Uh, that's probably because your hands are by your side. But I digress. So the particulate matter, the... the, the there are water vapors and all sorts of things in the air. They disrupt the view uh, the further away you are looking. So should you be standing on a mountaintop someday and looking off onto a distant mountaintop where your friend is standing, I don't know why you and your friend chose to hike up different mountains. Uh, it doesn't seem like a very good plan, but you did. And there they are. They're way over there and you're way over here. They're going to appear uh, hazy. You're not going to see them very clearly. Even on a clear day, there's still particulate matter in the, in the atmosphere there in the ether. And you can't really see through it very well. So what happens is contrasts start to fade away the further away it is from you. And that's because the contrasts of things, the, the light and shadow, the, the very specific things that help us to see form, those things get disrupted by the particulate matter. Okay. So that's that. That's atmospheric perspective. And there's a whole set of rules about that, and I'm not going into that right now. <clears throat> Linear perspective is a very forced and false and... Uh, uh, it is a abstraction of reality, where wherein we use line to try and uh, create an illusion of depth, where things that are usually man-made things, by the way, usually, usually, it is clearest with man-made objects. You go into nature, you will see some of this, but it's not so clear, because nature has a way of growing in a and appearing and, and forming in a, in a more uh, unpredictable ways, shall we say. Uh, organic is the word I would like to use, but uh, unfortunately it's the double entendre, and that's a very, it's not good. Okay. But man-made objects are usually squares and uh, rectangles, and you know how we do 
we like we lay things out grid like sometimes sometimes not always i mean there's variation within that but a building you know other than a frank gary is not very round you know other than a than a uh, uh the gaudi stuff in spain it's not very or the french stuff the, the art nouveau buildings they're not very round they're not mimicking organic structures they're uh, they're boxy uh, roads usually go in, you know, a semi-straight line into the distance. Railroad tracks is the is a very popular uh, perspective drawing example, real-world example. If you've ever stood on railroad tracks, you'll notice they don't go that far in a straight line. Unless you're out in Santa Fe or something, I don't know. The Santa Fe line. What am I talking about? Man-made things have linear qualities to them, and, and you can often see the recession in the distance, and that that can be mimicked with the, with line quite easily. Uh, it's very effective to use line, and line is not a. There are no lines in reality. People will say, true or not true, I don't know. It's very theoretical thought, but the line is effective uh, at representing an abstraction of reality in terms of man-made things. It's quite effective. Quite effective. So, making a, a, a drawing that has two dimension in two dimensions that mimics three dimensions using this uh, sort of this idea of, of objects becoming smaller the farther away they are in, in space. That's linear perspective. Okay. Linear perspective is trying to mimic a very subjective reality. Meaning that the viewer is positioned in a very specific spot. That what they are looking at is very specific. And the all of the rules of the way the drawing works has, has everything to do with where the... Uh, imagined viewer is positioned in space relative to everything that the viewer is looking at. Subjective. The subjective view of the person you're putting in the position of viewer. Uh, and, and the person you're putting in the position of viewer is invisible. They are you. When you look at a picture, whatever perspective that picture is from, whatever subjective reality is depicted there, you are given the role, as in an actor in a film, you're given the role of a certain type of viewer, standing in a certain, or, or floating, or whatever, in a certain type of reality. They've, the artist has put you, the viewer, in a position, the audience, in a position, and it's a fixed position. If it's a, uh, um, you know, if it's mimicking any kind of realism on the, in the picture. Even an abstract piece of art puts the viewer in a position. Even a, in a piece of art that isn't abstract, that doesn't have perspective, puts the viewer in a position. But that's a whole other complicated topic. And I'm just talking about perspective drawing, right? Linear perspective. So, for example, in the, the age-old uh, 
uh, example that, that, that is often used in perspective drawing, books, manuals, and teaching guides. You're standing on a railroad track, right in the middle of the railroad track. Why would you do that? Are you a hobo from the 1920s? I'm not sure. Maybe. Maybe there ain't no work. And you heard out in California, people are picking oranges. Oh, if only I could ride the rails out to California. I'd turn this thing around, boy. Let me tell you. But in the interim, when you travel into California, all you really find is yourself. And you learn that you weren't meant for the, the cold realities of work and, and, and buying a house and having a family. That ain't you. You're a poet. You're a man who can't be held down by the, the confines of society. you got to break them chains that are binding you and be free. So instead of going to California... You just ride them rails with all the other free spirits out there. Wait, what? No! No! You're standing on the railroad tracks. You're looking toward California. And you'll notice that the railroad tracks that are right under your feet, if you look down, are uh, wider than your body, probably, unless you're a big person. No offense to you. Just say it. If you're as big as a train... I don't know. Think about things. But you're probably not. <clears throat> not quite, anyway. So you look down the railroad tracks out on the outside of your feet, right? But as you look in the distance, you raise your head, you look up in the distance. Uh, those railroad tracks start to form a triangular shape and eventually become something very similar to a single line if they go straight in the distance in this imagined example. That is linear perspective. If you were to draw that, you're basically drawing two rails that recede to a point in the distance where they become one. Two become one. The best Spice Girls song there is. And at the point where two become one, that point on the horizon somewhere off in the imagined distance where there is nothing in the way. I don't know where this is, but it's somewhere. Out in the desert somewhere. You're already halfway to California. Uh, out in the distance, that point where those two lines become one, that is called the vanishing point. It's the point at which all lines converge. Oh, goodness. Very scary. I don't know what happens out there, but I think you'll find, much like Hope for the Flowers, uh, many thanks to Jesse Kaufman for finding that book, telling me what that book is called. Much like Hope for the Flowers, when you climb the vine, you're going to find just more vines to climb. It's the same with linear perspective. In reality, you keep walking that track. Man, you never reach that point. And ain't that an analogy for life, huh? A metaphor for life right there. You just keep walking toward that vanishing point, hoping someday you'll become one with the horizon. But you never do, do you? You never do. You just keep friggin' walking. And all you'll find is the end of the line. You gotta turn around and come right back. 
Man, there was another book. Jesse, help me out with this if you ever hear this. There was another book about a pig. My mom used to read this to me. It's about a little pig who wanted to, to chase the sun. And eventually he chases the sun all day and, and never reaches the sun. And then the sun sets. And when the sun sets, it takes him right back home to his pen and he goes to bed. That's a sweet story. I love that. I forget what that one's called. All right. Oh, perspective drawing. Here's the point. It's a subjective form of drawing. It's putting the viewer in a place. And that's the most important thing to remember about perspective drawing. That is lesson number one. Numero uno. The viewer is always put into a, into a subjective reality. And you need to know exactly what that subjective reality is before you start drawing your picture. That is the most important detail of a perspective drawing. Where is the viewer positioned? And that informs the entirety of your picture there. Okay. And that's a start about that. Subjective reality. Subjective. Now there is an objective form of perspective drawing. And it is from that place that I would like to start the discussion. An objective form of perspective drawing. Because it gives you the basic rules of perspective without having to commit to putting the viewer in a position. Because it complicates things once you do that. Now, of course, it's where we're going. That's the ultimate goal. But let's start with an objective reality. Uh, okay. So that's, that's more for later, I think. All right. So perspective drawing. Subjective, objective reality. This is Leonard Angelo.